What's going on and welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek on this Wednesday. I'm Daniel Salerson. Hope you are well. Hope you are staying dry on this rainy day here in New Orleans. But the Pelicans were able to brighten up your day last night. A big win over the Los Angeles Lakers, 128-111. to No Anthony Davis, no LeBron James for the Lakers, but still a very impressive win for New Orleans as they get their second win in a row. And on the call for ESPN Radio last night was Mark Kestisher. He joins me on today's podcast. We'll also get to Molly Kimball later from Auctioner to talk about the Eat Fit program as it is Auctioner Fit Week for the New Orleans Pelicans. Mark, good morning. Good to talk to you. How are you? Daniel, good to be with you. And uh, I think we're going to hit 70 degrees in Connecticut tomorrow, which I can say uh, I have not felt up here since probably September. So the, the long winter, maybe, maybe, it's still March. The long winter uh, might be over up here in the great Northeast. You got to take the small victories when you can. And that's definitely a victory for you guys. That's for sure. I'm glad everything is going well there, including the weather. Um, you were on the call last night between the Pelicans and the Lakers. Just what were your overall thoughts on the Pelicans and the win? Again, we have to preface, and I know everyone would will, that there was no LeBron James and no Anthony Davis. But, you know, the Pelicans have struggled this year against teams that are a little bit shorthanded, tend to overlook them. And that was not the case last night. Yeah, that's a great point. You look at teams uh, who were below 500 teams, and I think the record was 9-10 and 10 going into last night's game. And obviously the Lakers are above 500, but you, you treat them without those two All-Stars, and I think that extrapolates well that this was a golden opportunity for New Orleans. And Stan Van Gundy told us, and I'm sure he told you before the game as well, that um, it's games like this when you have a young team like the Pelicans have that sometimes you don't quite understand the magnitude of how important it is to take advantage of teams who are less than 100%. And they still have weapons. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is still uh, can be a big time scorer. Uh, we know what Montrez Harrell can be as well, uh, you know, coming off the bench. You know, Markeith Morris has been there and I can go on and on and on down the line. And those guys did not have a great game last night and you got to credit the Pelicans. So to me, I know they're a great offensive team, and I don't use the word great lightly. I mean, this is a legitimately good offensive young team, and the question has always been, you know, are they ever going to cover somebody? Are they ever going to execute down the stretch? And I think you have to feel uh, a, a full-strength team like the Denver Nuggets on the road, executing late, huge, and then you come home and take on a Lakers team that uh, was damaged as far as missing three starters, and you handled them. And Brandon Ingram played great, and Zion's on this great role. So, uh, to me, that was that was the look of a, a team with a little more experience playing above their years last night. That they took a team that they should beat, and they did. And it was uh, right from the start, and they never relented. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, obviously the two cornerstones for this Pelicans franchise. But Zion, as you mentioned, has been on a tear, 21 straight games of at least 20 points. That's the most for anyone under 21, just passing LeBron James and Luka Doncic last night, which he's very good company. But watching from afar, I know a ton of Pelicans games have been on ESPN. I know you follow the league very closely as you call a ton of games for ESPN radio. What have you noticed about Zion this year? I know he was not healthy last year. Didn't really play as much as we would have liked, but when watching him this year, what sticks out to you the most? Well, I, I think the first thing is, like you said, health. The fact that he stayed healthy uh, all this season. I know last year, I'll say we, not me in particular, but we as the media got on him, you know, maybe for not being in the best of shape. But I, I think that's just a visual. I don't know if that's a reality. You see that day in and day out. He just has a different body and his ability of what he can do with it, with that power and the finesse. 
Um, he's a beast in the paint. Every coach I talked to, we've done, I think that was my second Pelicans game. Uh, we've done at least four on the network. And when we talk amongst each other, hey, how'd your conversation with the other coaches go? They don't know what to do with him. I mean, you know, you know what he's going to bring. You know that he's going to score 95% of his points in the paint, or he's going to drive from outside and end at the rim. And it's really hard to defend him. And now he's handling the ball and he's like the point forward or the point center. And I know he wants to get involved in passing. And we were looking up maybe last night was a chance for that first triple double. Um, you know, he's, he's got that ability now to pass the ball. And we're not even talking about perimeter shooting yet. We'll leave that for a few years down the road. But I think to me, that's the biggest difference this year is how healthy he has stayed. Um, just how efficient and effective he is at getting to the rim and scoring and now his ball handling in just year two. I mean, the, the rate of growth is what has impressed me the most uh, with his health this year from the start of the season to where we are now 21 games into this streak of 20 points. Yeah, it's been phenomenal to watch and I feel like the sky's the limit for him. So I'm looking forward to seeing what else he has in store here uh, with the Pelicans. You know, there's about 29 games to go for them sitting in the 11th spot for the play-in. You know, there's teams like Memphis they're chasing. Even Golden State, they're only two losses back of them. Hard to believe, you know, Steph Curry out with that tailbone injury. Dallas Mavericks, who they'll see. Um, looking at the West in general, at the bottom there, it just seems like, Mark, um, do the Pelicans, you think in, in your eyes, I know they've been on this roller coaster ride all season long, but feels like they still have a shot at this play-in. And I feel like these next two days with the trade deadline, not just for the Pelicans, but all these other teams, could be an interesting ride down the stretch in the Western Conference, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I've thought all year that the Pelicans were gonna, you know, be in the playoffs, if not in the play-in game. And it's, you know, it's been, I don't want to say confusing, but just maybe confounding why they haven't made that push yet. And a lot of it was as Stan mentioned us 10 days ago, and you've probably heard it so much, you know, we can't defend anybody if we could just defend, you know, we, we would be there. And it brings up an interesting point here as we record this, you know, 24 hours ahead of the trade deadline and a conversation that PJ Carlosimo and I had on the air last night um, is, you know, what does David Griffin do? Do you, do you sell off? Do you buy? Um, how far do you really think you can get this year? Um, is it important even with a young team to go through a playoff stretch, even if it only lasts, you know, one series, against a, a number one or a number two seed once you get through the play-in round you know the value of that versus the value of the future and these are all the things and and I have such admiration for David Griffin you know he was a great guy to bounce stuff off when he was in Cleveland so I'm fascinated to see what they do if they stand pat the way they are right now to me to me they're a playoff team um, and and the West is loaded I mean who do you take off you know does Memphis fall out I think the Grizzlies last year had that great run in the bubble and they also have dealt with health issues um as well as covid you know the warriors you know without clay thompson and you know now steph curry is out for a week is that a team that maybe falls out so you got to replace somebody to get in there uh, i i still think the new orleans are in that seven through ten range um but pending you know what that roster looks like a week from now what do you see you know as far as the trade deadline and you've seen the reports and you've seen the thing that sticks out to me this year is you see a lot of teams that could be buyers this year at the deadline. You look at how clump the East is. You look at the West one through five, one through six, and it seems like you might have more buyers and actually sellers in this year. Maybe that's due to the play-in. Maybe that's also with, with COVID and all that, that more teams, there's a little bit more parity. 
I feel like that's what's going to make this trade deadline most interesting. Is that something you're going to look out for is which teams are actually going to pull the trigger and be that buyer team and, and which teams do not, even though they are in playoff contention? Yeah, no, it's a great point, Daniel. Last year we had uh, 11 trades involving 16 teams and 30 players, and that was actually down from the year before when there was 14 trades. So when I looked at this season and the compressed schedule and the added play-in games, I figured we were going to go down. That number is going to retreat even more. Um, I'm still going to hold to that because there are a lot of teams that still feel they're in it, including the Pelicans and in the East. I don't know. Toronto was that team that I thought for sure was going to make the comeback. And it just, for whatever reason, hasn't worked out. Injuries, COVID, they've got some other uh, issues going on right now. It's hard for me to believe that Kyle Lowry is going to be moved, but it sounds like it's going to happen. Norm Powell, they're, they're kind of dangling out there. He's kind of at his height right now uh, for, for what they could get for him. And I think the top of the East, where we've seen the Brooklyn Nets already make moves. We saw the Milwaukee Bucks last week uh, make a move for P.J. Tucker. So I think there's a little bit of pressure on the 76ers to make some kind of deal. So I think, I think that's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to have the amount of trades that we've had the last few years because of you as you detailed, everybody still feels like they're kind of in it. But there are very savvy front office people um, who are stockpiling picks. Oklahoma City and Houston are the first two that I think of. And again, it's what you do with those picks down the road. But still, being in the middle has always been a tough spot. You know, the San Antonio Spurs are kind of caught in that middle range right now. I know, I know they missed the playoffs last year, but sometimes you got to hit rock bottom. You got to get that first, that number one draft pick, and then you could build around that. So I wonder if it's the teams who have been right in the middle of making the playoffs and being knocked out in the first round the last couple of years, if those are one that kind of fuel this sell coming up here, knowing that this is a tough year anyway with a compact second half schedule and seeing, you know, how good the teams are at the top of both conferences. I feel like the Los Angeles Lakers are in a very interesting situation as well. It seems like if both AD and LeBron are out, this is a team that could drop in the standings. But when those two guys come back, they can beat any team in the NBA. You saw it last year winning a championship. Where do they come into play as far as the trade deadline? Only because, you know, do they try to get someone just to keep them above water while those two guys are out? Or is this something where they feel confident, like, look, we could be the seventh seed. I don't think they want to play in the play-in, but if they – they fall to five, six, or whatever. They say, we'll play anyone, especially with no fans in the stands, really, for the most part. And they feel like maybe they won't have to do anything. Where, where do you feel like, I know you can't really speculate for them, but where do you feel like they, they might go as far as the next 24 hours are concerned? Well, we did speak with Frank Vogel yesterday. And, and although he wasn't, you know, giving a lot of information out, you know, it was clear that, you know, they didn't re-sign Damian Jones and he really could have been used against the Pelican size last night. So they're, they're clearly gearing up to see what they can get in the, in the um, trade deadline. But more importantly, they seem like a buyout market player. They did that last year. It'll be fascinating to see, you know, who gets bought out. Some of the bigger names already have and have already moved. Um, so it, it, it felt to me like outside of that, they were okay with slipping a few slots down in the standings for the points you brought out. You don't have to play a game seven in Utah, for example, with a capacity crowd at Salt Lake City, which is a great disadvantage. So I think with the lack of fans, that probably gives a lot of teams some feeling like, you know what, 
We saw the Miami Heat as a five seed in the bubble last year get to the finals. It's not out of the realm that a five seed could do it, especially, as you point out, with a full strength LeBron and Anthony Davis by the time playoff comes. I figure they're buyout market players if I, if I, was, uh, if I had to think about it right now before the trade deadline. Before I let you go, we're talking with Mark Kessler of ESPN Radio. I guess what has stuck out to you the most about this season? Look, you're calling games remotely for right now. You all are doing a great job considering the circumstances. Um, but what stuck out to you about this season the most, whether it's the health and safety protocols, whether it's a certain team, whether it's the schedule or anything, has there been anything that's either surprised you or stuck out to you when, when calling these games throughout this season? Well, I think it, it reminds me a little bit of the bubble, and I give credit to the players. Um, again, I the only on-site game I've been to, and I say quote-unquote game, was the All-Star game in Atlanta. So you don't get a real sense of how difficult it is for the players to get the, um, the energy and the enthusiasm to play these games night after night. I think the, the protocols have have been difficult and a challenge and um you know guys have had to you know give up like most of us um what we all love to do in our free time and just go do whatever we want to do they've had to sacrifice on that end so to me that's been most impressive that the league's been able to put what looks like you know normal nba action through a very uh you know abnormal time so to me i think that sticks out the most um getting the, the first half done as best they could. It feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel and we'll get through this second half. And hopefully uh, maybe even they expand uh, the amount of fans who could come in for the postseason. We crown a champ at a reasonable time in the middle of July and then get back onto our normal cycle for next year. So that's what really kind of stands out to me. And, and I just think it's, it's interesting. Now it was setting up for the Lakers in the West and everyone feels the nets in the east and now i kind of like the fact that you know we don't really know you know utah still doesn't get talked about enough right. and that team that we're broadcasting tonight the utah jazz kind of tucked away in salt lake city so i feel like uh between injuries and protocols it does feel like it's wide open in the nba and that's the feeling we had in the bubble last year we had no idea so um so I, I take that as, as a positive aspect of, of what we've seen so far this season. That's Mark Kestesher of ESPN Radio. Had the call of Pelicans-Lakers last night. I believe you have Nets and Jazz tonight, Mark? We got Nets and Jazz tonight. Uh, I'm hoping uh, as we tape here that James Harden, as he says, I'll see, I'll see how I feel since they played in Portland late night. I love to hoop, so I'd love for him to hoop on our broadcast tonight. All right, you can catch him on our flagship station, ESPN New Orleans, tonight as well. It is the Jazz and the Nets from Salt Lake say, Mark, I always appreciate the time. Great catching up with you. Have a great call, and we'll talk to you down the line. Got it, Daniel. Thank you very much. All right, and joining us now is Molly Kimball. For those who don't know, it is Oxnard Fit Week here with the New Orleans Pelicans, and she's here to help you get fit, and there's plenty of ways to do so with Oxnard. And Molly, I appreciate the time. How are you this morning? Doing great. Thanks for having us on. No problem, Molly. So before we get into it, talk about your role and your background at Oxnard. What do you do for them, and how did you get into this? Yeah, so I am a registered dietitian, and I'm actually based out of Oshner Fitness Center, which is part of our Oxner Health family. And I've been a dietitian there for this summer will be 22 years. Wow. And so from the fitness center, we have um, our team of registered dietitians that work with clients one-on-one -on -one for everything from fueling their workouts to weight gain, weight loss, um, specialty diets. If you know someone has uh, food sensitivities or you know. Uh, 
food aversions. So we work with kind of the full spectrum of clients there. And then separate under our Ostner Fitness Nutrition Department, we also have Eat Fit, which is our nonprofit where we work kind of is community focused. So we have one part that's client focused, we have the other part that's community focused and Eat Fit. We work with restaurants throughout New Orleans with Eat Fit NOLA. And then we have registered dietitians in six cities across the state that do what we do here in New Orleans around Louisiana. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about the Auctioner Eat Fit program because I've seen it across some of the restaurants I've been to in New Orleans. It's great for, for those that you know want to track their health and, and want to eat something a little bit better for you at some of these restaurants, but also enjoying the great food that those restaurants have to provide. Um, talk to us a little bit more about uh, everything you all do with that program and how it's not only reaching New Orleans, but across the state. Yeah, so I'm glad that you've seen it and on menus. And it's just what you said is that for people who want to make the healthy choice, the easy choice, but they also still want to get out and live their life, you know? So um, a few years ago, I was talking to our leadership at Asher. I'm like, you know, when people have their game plan together, they're going to the grocery store, they're doing their meal prep, they've got it all together. They can have it, you know, pretty good control over things, but when real life comes in, all bets are off. And, you know, pre-COVID, of course, lots more going out to restaurants. Maybe now it's a little bit ordering in or festivals, any of this stuff, but it's really challenging to be able to look at the menu and know what the better choice is. And even as dietitians, like when we're looking at the menu, we may think something is as we start to work with these restaurants and we'll, it's all free. I'll say that. So everything we do with Eat Fit is free to our restaurant partners. And so we'll work with the restaurant owners or chefs. We'll review the menus and we'll look and see what items look like they might fit our criteria. Our criteria is no white carbs, nothing white, processed, refined, um, little or no added sugar, lower sodium, and an emphasis on lean proteins, plant-based fats, uh, vegetables, fruits. So clearing out the stuff that we don't want our clients to have for the most part and, and, and filling in the stuff we want. But then we get the recipes from these restaurants and then we'll do the nutrition analysis. And so that's where a lot of times it's shocking for us. Like, wow, we thought this one was going to be a home run. And as the consumer, we would all think that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the thing that doesn't look quite so nutritious actually is. So we're getting in there. We're not just looking at it and ballpark guessing, but we're getting in there and really um, figuring out, determining based on what's the actual content of that. And then once a restaurant is an Eat Fit partner, you can find them all on our Eat Fit smartphone app. And so you would download the app, it's completely free. You It geolocates. So you can see, if you pull it up, you can see what restaurants are around you that offer Eat Fit. And then if you are curious about your protein intake or your sodium, your carbs, whatever, we have all the nutrition facts and a photo for all of those Eat Fit dishes. So it's been really cool um, to have this connection with our restaurants, with our chefs, to take that step to make it easier for the community in all aspects of their lives. Is it just as easy as downloading the app on whether you have, um, you know, a smartphone and an iPhone or an Android phone? How easy is it for, for everyone to get access to this auctionary fit app? It's, it's that easy. So just type eat fit. You'll see it's kind of a, a square that has, a, it's an orange square that'll, they're all squares, I guess. <laughs> you see that. But it's the orange square that'll say eat fit inside of it. You're at the right place and you'll find all the restaurants. Uh, we just crossed the mark to have 500 eat fit partners around the state. So we're excited about that. We also, and that's where, again, you'll see your nutrition facts of those restaurants that are around you of those dishes. We also have hundreds of eat fit recipes on the app and we have a brand specific shopping guide, actually, actually several different ones. And what we mean by that is, you know, we hear the messaging, oh, you want to do a lower sodium pasta sauce or whatever it might be, but salad dressings, pasta sauce, yogurts, those categories are so confusing in the store. So our shopping guide has which ones, which brands to, to reach for as well. 
That's fascinating. And you talk about pre-COVID as far as not many people being able to go to restaurants, but there's a lot of places still that are open for takeout. There's also people that are hesitant to go to gyms. So for right now, during this pandemic, how important is it for those to log on to the Eat Fit app and check these things out? Because, you know, there's, you know, a day like this too, where it's raining, you don't get to go outside and be active, but you can also keep your diet going and eat fit. How important is it even with the pandemic that you've been able to have this access to certain recipes and certain meals or your favorite restaurants, even if it is taken out? You're, you're so right about that. It's also, it isn't just a weight thing or a body composition thing. Cause you're right on a rainy day, like as you and I are recording this, we're not getting as much movement. So we really need to keep nutrition in check even more, but what we put into our bodies directly impacts our mood, our, how we handling anxiety, um, how we handle stress. And so, you know, when we're fueling our bodies with the processed refined carbs, we're putting a lot of the sugars in there, the fried foods, we're putting our bodies on these energy roller coasters, these blood sugar highs and lows. And so we can't avoid stress in our lives. There's no way, but we can um, insulate ourselves as best possible and prepare ourselves as best possible to handle what's coming at us. And how we're fueling our bodies is really one of the core fundamentals to managing that as best possible. So I can't emphasize enough how important it is now more than ever. Uh, also, people that tune into this podcast, a lot of them are athletes or, or playing sports right now. What are some tips for them to ensure that they're getting enough fuel throughout the day to stay active? We mentioned the rain, especially on a day like this. What are some tips for them um, to kind of fuel their body during a time like this? A couple of things to remember is hydration. You know, hydration when we're looking at athletes is always something that we we struggle with. So making sure you're, you're staying well hydrated, the easy rule of thumb, take your body weight divided by two. That's how many ounces a day. So you may be like, I'm 160 pounds. That's 80 ounces. That's a lot of, you know, 10 cups of water. It doesn't have to just be water. It's anything that's fluid. So if you're doing smoothies, for example, or yogurt or anything that has, um, is liquid at room temp, when we're looking at hydration, unless it's an athlete that's really doing intense training, we don't need typically a whole bunch of sugars though, as, as those sources of hydration. And there are a lot of lower sugar um, sports drinks and lower sugar hydration options. So I'd encourage you to look for those, especially if, you know, even if you are extending a lot, you know, during expending a lot during exercise or training, if you're still trying to keep weight in check or whatever the kind of conditions are, start looking for some of those that maybe aren't so much of the high sugar sports drinks. And then fueling your body often through the day, especially taking care after an intense workout, what are you doing to recover? So a lot of times someone trains really hard and then it might be several hours before their next meal, they get busy doing other stuff. That window of right after we work out of you know, 20, 30 minutes, our cells are like sponges and we are soaking up as much as possible to help with recovery. And when we say recovery, that means it's helping with muscle tissue repair, muscle growth that helps us not feel so sore the next day. And so when we look at that, you know, trying to replenish with your fluids, but also a source of protein and some carb within that 20 minutes right after your workout. You know, Molly, you mentioned smoothies. I feel like that's something I know I like to drink smoothies on the run, especially on a game day going to the arena. Fittingly, it is the Smoothie King Center. Um, but also, you know, athletes want to make their own smoothies. They want to pick up smoothies as well. And there's plenty of places now. But uh, how has your program um, instituted things involving smoothies as far as ways for um, athletes and just everyone to eat and, and drink healthier? Yeah. So on our app, we have recipes, as I mentioned. And so kind of the formula that we look at with the smoothie is you've got your liquid base, try not to have a lot of sugar with it. It could be um, a milk or unsweetened almond milk. Um, even some people use coconut water, 
what's your protein source? So it could be Greek yogurt, it could be whey protein, plant-based protein. And then as much as possible, let's try to add some nutrients to it. It could be frozen berries, it could be frozen spinach. And I promise you, if you put some fruit in there and then also a handful of frozen spinach, you wouldn't even know it. It's gonna maybe look bright green or murky, depending on what other things are in there. But it's a it's an easy way to slip in some of that extra produce. But one of the, the drawbacks that I'll see is a lot of times someone does just a fruit smoothie we don't get the protein source. So I'd say, kind of look at what your base is, your liquid base, it doesn't have a lot of added sugar. Let's make sure we add that protein. But you know, we actually just um, incorporated Smoothie King as one of our newest eFit partners. And we're really excited about this because it's Smoothie King in all locations across Louisiana. It's about 107 locations. And we have about more than 30 different smoothies that fit eFit. And so what we mean by that is, they don't have added sugar. They do have the protein that we want. They, they have enough protein or fiber or fat to really make it a sustaining meal and be um, give you the nourishment. Again, not just maybe a smoothie. It, it gives you that staying power. And so we have a lot of the smoothies that fit, eat fit as is. Others that fit maybe with some modifications using unsweetened almond milk in place of fruit juices. And I would also say a lot of people were like a little bit surprised. Really? There's that many options at Smoothie King? If you haven't been in there a while, in a while, go because there is ingredients like plain Greek yogurt, unsweetened almond milk, um, all organic, flash frozen like kale and spinach, things like ginger and carrots that you can add in there. Like, I don't think people realize the full scope that's added in there. So it was actually really easy for us to add those in. So I think for um, athletes and non-athletes alike who are listening to this podcast, that has become a really easy resource around the state. Well, definitely changed the way I approach a smoothie as I go through the drive-through a lot, especially on a day like today where I'll probably need it. So that's good stuff right there. We're talking with Molly Kimball of Auction, and I didn't realize before we were talking, you're a fellow podcaster yourself. And I think this yes. is a very informative podcast that you do tell others about it and then how they can, how they can listen. Yeah, thanks. So I've been doing it for, I guess, right at two years now. And uh, my podcast is called Fueled Wellness and Nutrition. I love it. I know that you love it too. It's just really cool because it's a cool um, platform to be able to really dive deeper into topics. And so if you're doing something that's like a TV segment or a written piece, it's this short compressed amount of information that you get to share. But with a podcast, we can really dive deeper. And so the topics that I'll cover, and it can be everything from um, one that's coming up this week is do you need a multivitamin? You know, there's a lot of debate about that. Do you need it? And what are the benefits? Who can benefit? And which are the best ones? All the way to, you know, why we stress eat, why we self-sabotage. And, you know, I'll bring in a lot of researchers in fields that I want to learn more about. And that's the coolest thing too, is by hosting this podcast, I'm continually learning every single week from all these really incredible people that I'll have on. That's great. And you know what's funny about that? I was actually talking about my wife about the vitamin and, you know, saying I need to take one and which one to take. So I'm definitely yes. going to have to tune into this one. Yes. So it's a very important topic. So I'm glad you brought that up. So how can people access the podcast? Where can they listen? So anywhere that you download podcasts, um, you just type in fueled, F-U-E-L-E-D, fueled wellness and nutrition with Molly. You can probably also just type in my name, but if you do that, that'll bring it to you. And then you can see the library. And like I said, it's been weekly for two years. So there's over a hundred topics. Just scroll through and browse. I mean, if you've got questions about collagen or apple cider vinegar, pre-workout fueling, post-workout fueling, the full spectrum yogurts, which one we've probably covered it. Um, and if not, you can always reach out to me and say, Hey, can you do something on this? That's a lot of times how I'll get the topic ideas too, is what I start getting a lot of questions about. 
Good stuff. That's Molly Kimball from Auctioner. And remember, download the Eat Fit app. Really important, really cool way for those that want to see what they're eating as far as going to their favorite restaurants and what's healthy, what's not. Um, a lot of recipes, things like that. If you're grocery shopping, cooking your own food, uh, plenty of ways to download the app and a lot of good information today from Molly Kimball as is Auctioner Fit Week here with the New Orleans Pelicans. Molly, I appreciate it. I'll definitely check out the podcast and hope to talk to you soon. Yes, thank you. There she goes. That's Molly Kimball. Learned a lot today about Eat Fit and nutrition. Make sure you download the app. Um, certainly a lot of great things going on with the app with recipes, where to, where to shop, where to eat. Also, learning about smoothies and Smoothie King, I think that's very beneficial for those on the run every day that like to go pick up a smoothie. Now you can figure out which ones match your diet and your nutrition, and I think that's a good way to do it. And also, we'll post a link on my Twitter, at DSallerson, uh, for Molly's podcast. We certainly want you to listen into that as she has some great stuff every week. I'll definitely be tuned in about the multivitamin and what that means for each person. Big thanks to Mark Kestesher for coming on from ESPN Radio. Again, the Pelicans with a huge win last night over the Lakers, 128 to 111. We'll be back on Friday post-trade deadline. Who knows what's going to happen around the NBA? And we'll have Andrew Lopez from ESPN.com on to talk about that. All right. Hope everyone has a great day. Stay dry, stay safe. And until Friday, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.